before I forget, um, I have a friend who is a comedian and he has this show called Rated PG where he brings comedians on and they just like chit chat and gab and such. And he said, posted on Facebook today, it was like, hey, just so you know, if you are creative and have something you're trying to promote, I don't just host comedians on there. So I was like, hey, buddy. Uh, oh, wait, no, that's why I was asking him for weed years ago. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you, friend? Good. How are y'all? Oh, so great. Oh, so good. Everyone recover from last week's episode? Wait, nope. Thinking of the wrong one. I have my weeks mist- mixed up. I was like, last week wasn't that yeah, bad. Last week was Winchester. This is what happens when we schedule episodes ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what episode did you think was last week? Phallic Festivals. Uh, uh, no, that was uh, a couple episodes ago. Yeah, I know. Still getting over it. <laughs> <laughs> still recovering. Still have nightmares. It was a really, really good one. She can't get over uh, sometimes when it's that good, you just keep going back for seconds or it's thirds. A, yeah. You know it's bad for you, but you just can't help yourself. That's how I feel about cheese curds. Oh, cheese curds. But no. Cheese curds. <laughs> I wonder if those are keto friendly. Doubtful. The breading. Do they have breading mm-hmm. in them? Yeah. Oh. It's, they're delicious. Well, oh, I have a funny story. Ooh. So we go to my grandmother's. And every time we go there, we go to this Italian restaurant and have great pizza, great pasta. It's so freaking good. So we're sitting at the dinner table, chowing down. My dad goes, you know what? I've decided to go keto. I've been keto for a couple of days. And I look down and this man has a full plate of shrimp linguine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, did you just find a buzzword and say you're that's, doing it now? That's not how that works. Because none dad. of that, like, I think the butter on there might be keto. It's fine. And maybe the garlic. Uh, shrimp is right shrimp is yes yeah <laughs> but it was and like the butter and the garlic is fine but it was like a full plate of pasta i mean look if you squint and only look at some of the ingredients it's, it's keto zoodles zoodles Ooh. Zo- i made zoodles recently and i love them and baby girl loved them but i don't think matt was into them <laughs> that reminds me of another story y'all ever make meatloaf mm-hmm. shred up some zucchini and put in that bitch oh my god <laughs> oh my god oh my god thanks keto what are we learning about today? Apparently, we all are hungry. So let's learn <laughs> right, about there's something There's a lot of cheese so we talk can. today. <laughs> are you telling us about cheese today? No. Oh. So today we are learning about Robert Liston. Uh, did he invent Listerine? I was nope. just trying to go Listerine. Nope. <laughs> did not invent Listerine. He was born on October 28th, 1794 to Henry and Mary Liston in Ecclesmacken, Scotland. Eccles McKinn. Good old Eccles McKinn. We'll E-C-C- I was about to say. <laughs> We're going to have to ask CK about that one. It's just, it's E-C-C-L-E-S-M-A-C-H-A-N. What? <laughs> There's a lot of consonants in this. Okay, hold on. So E-C-C-L-E-S. Wait, 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 wait. Ecclesiastes Macken. I don't know. Oh, shit. Nope. Not trying to spell that one. Ecclesman. 
at goals, McKinney. <laughs> Too bad we can't be like, insert proper Scottish pronunciation here. Just have CK say it for us. Oh, I could do that. I could like message him and have him send me a sound <laughs> bit and just say, all right, CK, take over. Hello, you've got the ladies of strange. Hello, lovelies. This is CK from Mars and Monsters. I'm just here to tell you one thing. Mispronounced? Eccles Mackin. But I will accept Eccles Mackin. I understand it can be hard to say Scottish names. But all you need is a flip floppy tongue and some phlegm. And you too could talk like me. Anywho, I'm running out of space here. So me and Finn are going to go back to searching for scarecrows before the final is first. Take care, my friends. Slancha. Your good health. Thanks, CK. Good luck with the scarecrows. Henry was an inventor and Scottish clergyman. Uh, some sources stated that Henry Liston was an inventor of musical instruments, with most well-known instrument being a euharmonic organ. Not sure what that was. Had something to do with the amount of like pulls and pedals allowed it. I think to have more of a range. I got <laughs> it got really confusing, and I didn't feel like asking my sister <laughs> about musical science. She's an organist. She's like, I have statics down packed. I have statics down. My sister. How is music made? I played classical piano for for twelve years. What did not involve that the organ? <laughs> no, we knew. <laughs> <laughs> Did not play the organ. Anyway, the organ was patented in partnership with Charles Broughton in 1810, and Henry also patented an improved plow. But they're not why we're here. Wait, the, like a plow. like an upgraded plow, like a better plow, like to a, plow the earth, like a horse plow. So you got plows huh? and organs. <laughs> <laughs> but none of this is what we're actually talking about. Are we talking about Listerine? We're talking about Robert Liston, who attended the University of Edinburgh. And became a surgeon in the Royal Infirmary of Edinburgh in 1818. We're talking about another doctor? Yes. Oh my god, I love doctors. A Scottish doctor. Score. I pronounced Edinburgh correctly. Doctor, but not Ecclesiastman. <laughs> Ecclesman. We'll f- I'll fix that later. <laughs> <laughs> you better not. So... At this time, surgery was considered, and I did this just for you, Tiffany, a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am situation. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany's favorite type of situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, to understand why surgeons adapted this speedy technique, it was essentially considered advanced medical science at the time. Um, It also needs to be understood how doctors handled pain and infection. They didn't. Exactly. They knocked you out. So, remember, uh, Robert graduated in 1818. The first surgery that was successfully completed with anesthesia was performed by William T.J. Morton on October 16, 1846. Oh, Oh, no. Nikes. Germ theory started to become the prominent theory in the late 1890s and started to replace a previously predominant miasma theory, which was a theory that diseases such as cholera, chlamydia, and the Black Death was caused by bad air. I'm really glad that's why they used to wear the little exactly yeah masks they would put aromatherapy in the beak and it would protect them from the bad air did you learn that recently no that was a different podcast I was listening to (laughs) sorry continue (laughs) 
<laughs> Smith's a very conversations. I'm sorry. Anyway, I now know what miasma theory is. This means that because surgeons were shortening surgery time, some, something that is still a factor to surgeons today, with the ultimate purpose being to limit the pain the patient had to endure during the procedure, but also minimize the likelihood of the patient contracting an infection post-operatively. I can't... How... Basically, the shorter time you are in there, filleted. Yeah, the shorter, the less time you are spent filleted open on the table, the less time you have to get in contact with the bad air, dirty instruments, dirty surgeons' hands, dirty pe- people rubbing up against you. The, like well, the procedure air. is still the same. Well, yeah, but you got to remember this was before people realized germs were a thing. So, like sterilizing your instrumentation also wasn't a thing. Well, what did they think bad air meant? <sighs> Yeah. yeah, but there had to be something in the air to make it bad. We also thought the earth was flat for a long no, time. And no, we is. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> My ancestors took how, no part. How can it have four corners if it's round? It just doesn't make sense, Ashley. Uh, we'll teach you things. She's still not over that episode. You guys keep bringing it up. <laughs> I know, because it's great and it makes you angry. <laughs> okay, so uh, when it came to cutting down surgery time... Doctor, listen. Thank you. <laughs> cutting down surgery time because she's cutting people open. Oh, ha. That was me when the king scissors on. <laughs> Dr. Liston was the best, especially when it came to amputations. Ooh. Fun fact. The word amputation is derived from the Latin word amputatus, <laughs> am- which means to cut off or prune. Or prune? Yeah. Oh, I'm totally saying, I'll be back. I got to go amputate the bushes. <laughs> yeah, you'd be right. Amputatus the bushes. I got it, babe. I'm going to go amputate the grass. Oh, my God. I'm going to go amputate my son's hair. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> I'll amputate my garden. I do that frequently. What? Not my bush. Oh, I did say bush. I meant an actual bush outside. <laughs> Go amputate some trees and <laughs> my bush is fully amputatus. <laughs> so Dr. Robert Liston was notoriously known as the fastest knife in the West End and is still considered one of the fastest surgeons of the nineteenth century. Is that like the fastest gun in the quick draw McGraw? Fastest one to remove this leg? I don't know. Um so uh, reportedly he could amputate a leg in two and a half minutes. <gasps> No. And an arm in one. No. What did he just wrap a belt around it, it and just like pretty much? Oh shit! Look at me, I'm smart. <laughs> Statics. You don't know who she was pretty much in it to me, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, it was the Liston was able to get leg amputation down to 28 seconds. Oh my god! It's like, is it just a guillotine? This is a. This is one of those points you ever start researching stuff and you realize a reference you didn't get as a kid. Uh, okay, maybe that's just me. But do you guys remember the movie Atlantis from Disney? Yeah. Do you remember the doctor? Yeah. Do you remember the scene in the movie where he first meets Milo and he pulls out the giant bones on bones hall and says, nice, isn't it? The catalog says that this little beauty can saw through a femur in 28 seconds. I'm betting I can cut that time in half. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that was a smart movie. Right? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That was the first movie we watched with Baby Girl when she got sick. I remember watching and being like, that's a really weird time. Why 28 seconds? This is why. Look at Whoa. look at them being all smart and shit. Genius Imagineers over at Disney. Okay, maybe is I... Is that Disney? Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. it is. Just making sure. I wanted to be an Imagineer, but that didn't work out. But you're it's an It's never too late. 
and a podcast host. Podcast host. <laughs> um, one source stated that part of his technique involved holding bloody knives in his teeth during surgeries. <gasps> Kinky. Oh, I know this is before germ theory, but God, that makes me squirm. So he probably got hep C. He probably had all the heps. <laughs> <laughs> all the give me all the heps. <laughs> Except for Hep H, I don't want that one. What's really bad is like I can only picture like a really hot like um, daredevil guy that mm-hmm. like holds it in the teeth. You're thinking he of Sweeney Todd, you aren't you? Swinging thing. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just creating fantasies in my head. It's fine. <laughs> Keep going because <laughs> we we got to move on because otherwise she's gonna amputate that bush. <laughs> <laughs> Amputata. <laughs> Amputatus, which means to trim or to prune. Amputatus. So below is a description from The Atlantic uh, of one of Dr. Liston's surgery. Time me, gentlemen, he called out to the gathered spectators. Time me. The man grabs your leg and begins to cut just below the knee. He continues to hold onto your leg as one of his lackeys gets a tourniquet around it. To free his cutting hand, he clasps the bloody knife in his teeth and picks up a saw. He cuts back and forth through the bone, dropping the severed leg into a bucket filled with sawdust and sews you up. To the applause of the men sitting in the wings, as promised that they've timed the whole procedure, from first decision to clipping the loose threads of the sutures at just two and a half minutes. Hot damn. A, I didn't realize that included sutures. B, he had to be one, like, muscly arm paper boy. (laughs) (laughs) To be able to saw through bone that quickly. Not Uh, helping your fantasy, huh? Oh, it is. I mean, it is. (laughs) Hot damn. Like, I just assumed that two and a half minutes was, like, just Just removing No, it's the entire thing. Hot damn. I can't even, like, I don't think I could staple something that quickly. (laughs) Stay tuned <laughs> for my video of Tiffany trying to staple pages together. I'm going to rip this page in half and staple it together. And it's going to take me like five minutes. And Rebecca statics. drinking a l- No. <laughs> <laughs> statics involves nothing moving. Oh, I wouldn't be moving quickly. Okay. So Dr. Liston was successful at what he did. And while he was at London's University College uh, Hospital, he reportedly lost only one in ten patients, while other surgeons typically lost about one in four. Well, that's terrifying. So there is obviously something to this whole yeah, wham bam. Thank you, ma'am. There goes your leg. Wham bam. Loss thank you, ma'am. Blood. Yeah, right. That there's a lot of factors that are involved, including that one. I mean that that bucket of sawdust though. That was good use of. Um, what the fuck am I trying to say? Resources? Yeah, that was, um, smart. I can't think of the word. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to, like, picture all this blood coming out of this person's leg while he's sewing it. And that's a good, uh, soaker-upper. Absorbent? Thank you. (laughs) Soaker-upper. Yeah. What is it? The fat, the better, quicker, soaker-upper? Yeah. quilted, quicker, picker-upper. Sawdust. (laughs) Pretty much. Okay. However, go figure, Dr. Liston had an ego as large as his reputation. As his biceps. He would often turn the <laughs> operating room into a showroom, often telling his spectators, time me, gentlemen, time me, like I said above. Is he going to be another butthead like the um, lobotomy doctor? Of course, with <sighs> this type of ego comes equally memorable stories. Okay. Would you guys like a drink break? Yes. Yes. I make some notes. Yeah. Um, would you like some alone time or some wine or both? I can't have wine. Uh, alone time will come later. Um, so let's just take a breather. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need a cold shower. 
Well hello my friends, this is CK from the Mirths and Monsters podcast. Join me, my companion Finn, and my occasionally satanically possessed cat Ray Puny mortals! as we investigate the real truths behind some of the most wonderful creatures you can imagine. Are trolls really that thick? Or is it just bad press? Are leprechauns really drunken bums? Sort of. But there's a lot more to find out. All you need to do is tune in to Mirths and Monsters podcast with me and Finn. Till next time, slancha your good health. And we're back. We're back. I'm better now. Sorry, guys. So you guys ready for some of the stories? Absolutely. Yes. So, in the book Great Medical Disasters by Richard Gordon, oh, Gordon shit. outlines four of Liston's most famous cases. Medical disasters. This is going to be good. Number four. Uh, this is unfortunate following the beginning of the drink break. A 45-pound scrotal tumor. <laughs> Sorry. Not funny. <laughs> Not. Wait, the tumor was 45 pounds? In the scrotum, yes. Wow. That can make it into the Muter Museum. It was removed in four minutes. Okay. The patient previously had to walk around using a wheelbarrow. Oh my god, it's like the episode of South Park where uh-huh. he gets like radiation testicles. So he could smoke the legal marijuana. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god, that's beautiful. I didn't realize that was a real thing. It is. All right. I've got a Google search after this. I don't. I'm no. curious. Number three. <laughs> Number three. Number three. Number three. Wait, no, question. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> The answer is no. Was the patient okay? Yeah, the patient was fine. He had a 45-pound scrotum removed. I mean, yeah, but I figure... I don't know about his life after that. But it said it was in medical disasters. Yeah. This is more like... Okay, the book was called Medical Disasters. We're specifically covering four of Liston's most notorious cases. Okay. I'm ready. Number three. (laughs) Number three. Moving on from the scrotum. We're moving up to the nips. Moving on up. So doing an argument with his house surgeon, they were arguing was a red pulsating tumor in a small boy's neck a straightforward abscess of the skin or a dangerous aneurysm of the carotid artery? Pooh, Liston exclaimed impatiently. Whoever heard of an aneurysm in one so young? Flashing a knife from his waistcoat pocket, he lanced it. A houseman's note, once outleaped artial, outleap artial, blood leaped out of his neck. (laughs) (laughs) And the boy fell. The patient died, but the artery lives. In you in the University College Hospital Pathology Museum, specimen number one two five six. He sliced his throat. No, he sliced what he thought wasn't an aneurysm. Oh Turned out it was. That makes me so sad, Rebecca. Go back to scrotums. <laughs> Way to be a Debbie Downer, Rebecca. Thanks. Oh, sorry. We started off so strong with the bicep knife holding doctor. <laughs> well, we're going back to scrotums. Yay! Number two. While Dr. Liston was able to amputate his patient's leg in two and a half minutes, during his enthusiasm, Dr. Liston also unintentionally removed the man's testicles. <laughs> during his enthusiasm. <laughs> I broke Tiffany. <laughs> well, if you're amputating a leg from the hip down. Knives are just flying. Oh, man. Okay, Ooh, so was it with the knife in his mouth? No. This is important. <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer that because oh. she will fill in the blanks. 
Yeah. Because that could just bring a whole nother meaning to that story. I'm sorry. <laughs> Especially if he's enthusiastic about it. All right. Would you guys wow. like to hear Dr. Listen's number one most notorious case? Yes. yes. This was a case during which a distinguished surgical spectator was observing the case. Because apparently this was a thing at that time. Absolutely. Yeah. People paid to see cases because, again, thank God TV was invented. No, but this I this I could see because I mean, don't people do that now? People go and watch. I mean, well, of course, it's people in, like, in the field in like a learning hospital. Yeah, yeah. So this is you said this was a uh, what? What did you call him? A distinguished surgical spectator. Distinguished. He was smart. He's fine. <laughs> How do you just become a distinguished surgical spectator? I'm assuming he was a rich man that liked to go watch the, surgeries. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. Don't king great shame. great grandpa. Because what follows makes me think it might not have been a common thing for him to do. Shoot, lost my place. Hold up, and I am there. Okay. Hold up. <laughs> While amputating a leg, Doctor Lissa not only removed the patient's leg but also unintentionally amputated his assistant's fingers. <laughs> Fingers. Fingers. Jeez. Some sources say fingers. Others say multiple fingers. Oh, my gosh. While quickly sewing out instruments, Dr. Liston unintentionally cut through the coattails of the distinguished spectator. I just... Wait. Hold up. Picturing this. Okay. <laughs> no, Doesn't make sense. Not so- only did both the patient and assistant eventually die from gangrene... During the surgery, the spectator was so convinced that he had been stabbed that he died of shock in the operating room. Holy shnikes. This made Dr. Liston to be the only doctor to perform a surgery with a 300% mortality rate. That is (laughs) holy cannolis. First of all, you said they died from infection? Yeah. Okay. That makes a little more sense. Uh, Second of all, distinguished spectator sounds like a pussy (laughs) that's what i said (laughs) third of all how i mean (laughs) the entire situation i kind the fingers i kind of like if i'm holding the leg back a man's testicles i mean fingers are fair game well no that's what i'm saying the fingers i kind of get if they're holding the leg and he's going crazy but just switching out instruments and cut off his coattails? Like, hey, why were you standing that close? Okay, so it's worth noting that many of these cases are considered apocryphal. One source found stated that Dr. Liston was holding a bloody knife in his mouth while reaching for another tool when he inadvertently slashed a bit spectator's coat. Others say he might have just, like, made a hole through it. But the most famous one is that he just completely cut the coattails off of this distinguished surgical observer's coat. I just, I'm, I'm so confused. Why were they staying in that close? And why was his back to him? Well, okay, now look at this. Look at look at this. The way we do it now, like, you're in the room, but you can also, like, things are well lit, and you can see their stuff on screens. Back then, they didn't have that, so they have to, to see what's going on. They have to be like a Bennett. So what I'm imagining is legs coming off, the fingers get chopped, distinguished man turns around. While he's turning around, his coattails fly out dramatically. They get caught on Dr. Liston's knife, thus puncturing the coattails, and the distinguished man dies. Seems a little dramatic to me. I mean, that's why... Not that I know much about drama. That's (laughs) why a lot of historians think the story might be a bit exaggerated. I could see that. But But it's more fun to say 300% mortality rate. Then again, you read that online, right? Yeah. The internet's oh, never wrong. It's got to be true. So. I also found it in multiple places, guys. So it's gotta oh, be true. Right. Look at there. Yep. Look at you checking sources. I was supposed to say, and she'll probably cite them. Oh, they're at the bottom of the the notes that will eventually become the show notes. You know what, though? That's pretty cool. Right? I want, I don't want a 300% mortality rate in one <laughs> surgery. No. 
I would. <laughs> I, I like to watch you as your thoughts or your mouth catches up with your brain or vice versa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty. 300 percent. I'm just going to stop talking now because my brain was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to start telling people you should get 300 percent like Dr. Liston. Oh, God. And then no. see who gets it. Probably not many unless they listen to our podcast. Hey. Hey, boo. How are you? Okay. While most widely known for his knife skills, obviously, he also invented a couple surgical instruments such as locking forceps and the Liston splint, which is used for femur fractures. Oh, that's cool. Right? So he didn't just want to amputate. Eventually, on December 21st, 1846, Dr. Liston performed the first surgery using ether as an anesthetic, reporting to have said at the time, this Yankee Dodge beats mesmerism hollow. <laughs> Again, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Did he use the ether on himself? <laughs> no, I'm assuming that's like a loss in translation and time thing, because like I looked at it and I'm like, this Yankee, this Yankee Dodge beats mesmerism hollow. I'm like, Hello. I don't know what that means, but it's kind of that's when the when the ether kicks in. This mm-hmm. Yankee Dodger beats mesmerism hollow. You know what? <laughs> it was probably what the patient heard. And as the ether was kicking <laughs> in, they were like, that doesn't make any sense. So speaking of the patient, uh, the surgery, which took less than 30 seconds, was performed on Frederick Churchill, whose knee had been bothering him for years. After waking up from surgery, Frederick asked when the surgery was going to begin. Oh, I don't like that. Unfortunately, less than a year after Churchill's surgery, Dr. Liston died in 1847 in a sailing accident. Okay. Well, look, if you're going to go out, go out in a big way. A sailboat is the opposite of big. Yeah, I fully expected him to die of like, you know, slicing his arm and gangrene. No, he was out sailing with his yacht club. Come sail away. Come, come sail away, come sail away with me. It's bad that in my mind he just lost a lot of attractive points because he sails. I just picture him in like chubbies and popped no, collars. No, and- when she says he- sail, she meant to say he boarded his pirate ship. Yeah. <laughs> Swashbuckling. Tiffany gets me. He's yeah. like, hi, matey. Hi, hi, captain. Hi, hi, captain. Anyway, As you wish. That's, that's really cool. Dr. Robert Liston. You know what? He doesn't get a Glen Coco Award because he no. had that big no. ego. But he wasn't as bad as I thought he was going to be. No. He's just incredibly interesting, but in yeah. a good way this time. And, yeah. you know, not like we haven't been around our fair share of uh, cocky cocky doctors. Not like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad you filled that in. I was just going to say medical professionals in oh, general. I mean, I mean, depending on the field, there's definitely some fields that um, ego goes hand in hand with. Well, definitely the one that we worked in. Yeah. <laughs> they were like femur to femur, not femur to femur. <laughs> hip well, to hip. Like. Well, that could be considered femur to femur. <laughs> Never mind. Well, it's past Ashley's bedtime. That was fascinating, Rebecca. Thank you. That was really cool. 300% mortality rate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to remember that. I mean, yeah, he's the only doctor that had a 300% mortality rate. But you know there's people out there that have murdered more than three people at one time. But when the the intent was to <laughs> murder one, and then you accidentally murder you three, judge that would be a 300%. Murderers by mortality rate. He had a 500% mortality rate. Why don't we judge murders by mortality rate? I mean, rate? if one gets away and you, you murdered one and one got away, you got a 50%. I yep. mean, you're not like... You're not passing you class. You got a two star on Yelp. We need to make like baseball cards, but instead it's serial killers. They TM. have those. 
they have those do they have mortality rates on them no because they should mortality averages <laughs> right <laughs> he didn't pitch a 2.7 i don't know what stats are but <laughs> that's not how that he didn't pitch a 2.7 <laughs> he pitched a 6.5 though hey oh <laughs> oh geez <laughs> With a mortality rate of 40%. That's not, that's really bad for a serial killer. It is. I'm sorry. I I was like, wait, that's really good. And then remembered what we were talking about. Remember friends, (laughs) everyone has something that they find odd and they will turn it into baseball cards. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com, or you can email them to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Don't forget (laughs) to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. Keep it strange, lovelies. Bye-bye. What is wrong with us? I don't know. I love it. (laughs) 